This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that is completely stripped down we've painted ourselves silver head to toe yes but we've also put on blonde wigs and blue contacts because we don't know who the real alien is here in this movie (laughs) in some ways yeah, there's there's questions. There are. I mean, I understand comic book accuracy, but sometimes you got to leave it at the door. Occasionally, maybe just let an actress keep her normal eye color. Today, we are talking about the 2007 feature film directed <laughs> by, I can't believe he's back, Tim Story. That's his full legal name. Yep, that's true. I can't believe they're letting this man direct a feature film, Tim Story. Famous director again, Tim Story. <laughs> it is Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. I'm glad they didn't try to put a two in there. I mean, the four, I think, would have gotten confusing. They would have really just stepped on the Fast and the Furious franchise's name gimmick, if you will. That's true. Be like, too fantastic for you, or something like that. Wow, I hate that so much. Yeah, right. it hurt coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I hated saying it. Ah. <laughs> Have you ever seen this flick before? It turns out no. Oh, good. Same boat. Okay. Yeah, no, no. This is, this is one that I missed somehow. And? Oh, boy. Yeah? Um, there are parts of this that I actually really enjoy. All right, we're still in the same boat. So. I thought I was going to like feel guilty hiding it a little bit. No, I think I think a lot of people agree on certain aspects of this movie, and we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we will absolutely get there. The gang's all back together. Yo and Griffith's back as Reed Richards. Oh, you got boy. Jessica Alba as some sort of Sue Storm-looking woman. I'm so glad we get back-to-back Alba weeks. Micah wanted to know if we planned it that way, and we absolutely did not. Not a chance. Because <laughs> why would you plan back-to-back Alba weeks for anything? <laughs> Honestly, after watching two of her movies in a row, I'm beginning to question, is she a good actress? Um, I think the jury's still out there. I don't know if I've seen enough of her work. I mean, I've seen the two Fantastic Four movies. I've obviously seen Sin City. I don't think I ever saw the sequel to Sin City. And I think the only other one I've ever seen her in is like Good Luck Chuck. Oh, cool. The Dane Cook movie. (laughs) So I don't don't know, man. Especially good in any of them. No, and I understand why you're saying that because we both did watch this movie. Yeah. Chris Evans is back as Johnny Storm and Michael Chiklis is back as Ben Grimm. I'm actually going to need you to fix one of those names, and I want you to choose correctly. Michael fucking Chiklis is back as Chris fucking Evans. I knew you would, and we'll get there. (laughs) The gang's all here. They all reassembled, even some of them that maybe should not have. Completely agreed. Do you just want to get into this thing? We might as well. An ominous cloud blows up a big old planet. (laughs) Shiny silver object, wonder what that could be, goes cruising across the universe. These have been... The opening credits. It looks pretty good because, I mean, you get to see this planet kind of implode in a way. And since we know Silver Surfer's involved, we know that's a Galactus thing that's happening there. Exactly. And that's pretty neat. I like the way you're setting this up. That planet got devoured. Surely this movie 
isn't going to go downhill from there all the way. <laughs> For sure. Uh, <laughs> we continue to, to travel through the universe, crossing the moon, and our, uh, our trajectory is set to Earth. It seems like a good place to end the crossing of the universe. Because why would I give a shit if they go somewhere else? That's true. And that may be the problem with the Green Lantern. Hey! <laughs> How dare you? No, it takes place on Earth. I feel attacked. So let's go to Japan, where the silver thing, still don't know what it is, it goes flying by, and now the sea is solidified. It is, but I like how the guy is in like this boat, and he falls out, and he's just laying down on yeah. frozen water, and it's pretty neat looking, and I like it. It's pretty cool. Then we head to Egypt, and Giza is covered in snow. And then, naturally, we wind up in Los Angeles, where the power goes out. What an opening! It it's seems so like these things thrilling. are getting progressively less dangerous. <laughs> I'm going to freeze the ocean. I'm going to snow on the pyramids. I'm going to kill the power. <laughs> oh, <Whoa! no>. <laughs> And if you think all of that is big news, then obviously you haven't heard about the wedding of Reed Richards and Sue Storm. I haven't. And I'm okay with that. Apparently they're celebrities now since the last movie. These are like the worst types of celebrities also because... They're saying it's the wedding of the century. It's all over. All the newspapers. And then they could just casually walk down the street like it's nothing. <laughs> yep. And no one seems to care because- Nobody cares at all. Who's going to give a shit about any of these people? <laughs> yeah. They're so famous that everybody's interrupting the news to talk about their wedding, but they're also not famous enough to not fly coach. I actually like that quite a bit. Anybody can get bumped, it looks like. This is one of those really rare examples of superheroes not doing a super thing <laughs> that I just loved. I love watching superheroes on an airplane, especially when one is capable of flying. Well, yeah. I mean, he gets off the plane before it takes off. He does. But I also love how Michael Chiklis has to go sit in the middle seat. I mean, that's the I don't whole know point why. of this I loved scene. it. I loved it. I loved it so much. Really? Yeah. And it's because it is a legitimately funny joke. And then the rest of the movie happens, and you're like, well, I got that out of the way early. All right. <laughs> I just like they included a, f a plane scene just for the sake of that joke. There was no reason for them to be in an airport to begin with. Just like, hey, all right. Give it time. There's going to be a bear in this movie. Give it time. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Back in New York, Reed really wants to know what's going on with these bizarre phenomena. But Sue is on his back about their wedding. Women, am I right? Oh, boy. <laughs> this movie, man. <laughs> Uh-huh, we're not off to a great start, admittedly, minus the, the thing on the airplane. Hysterical. Sure. Besides that, though. Sure, I think we're in disagreement about that. But... <laughs> Reed tells Johnny all about his research into the global disturbances, and Johnny's like, oh, ho, ho, I'm going to blackmail you into a bachelor party then. Sure. Because that's what we're doing. This movie does a funny thing with Johnny that I want to talk about a little bit down the road. Yeah. Where it manages to fridge a character by never taking him off screen. <laughs> and i will explain that as we go right. along because that's pretty much what this movie does they emotionally fridge him do they though yeah we'll get there <laughs> while this is happening this silver anomaly is flying over latveria where victor von doom who's gonna be in this movie too for reasons yeah he, wake, he wakes up inside his statue-like encasement from the last movie so he's he's alive cool he, because the Silver Surfer flew past him. That's what typically happens. Sometimes waters freeze, it snows in Egypt, power goes out, or you wake up a dead man. You know, it's really a mixed bag <laughs> when it comes to the powers of 
the oh right i accidentally called him the silver surfer like i didn't know what the title of the movie was <laughs> right. it's so mysterious what's this shiny thing flying around the sky oh my god you want to know what it's the way that tim story directs movies again hysterical his last name is story it really hysterical. is hysterical Somehow it's funnier than the thing on an airplane. Don't know how. <laughs> the gift that keeps giving. His nickname should be like Foghorn Shoehorn because he manages to just <laughs> shoehorn every possible thing into these stories just to make them make sense because he's such a garbage storyteller. Ah, <laughs> uh, Do you think his middle name is Garbage? <laughs> he can only be so lucky. General Hager, played by Andre fucking Brower. God, it's such a treat seeing him here. I love him and everything he does, especially Captain Raymond Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hot damn! He shows up at the Baxter building, where he demands Sue bring him to Reed, since surely there's no way she could help him. <laughs> yep. Like, nope. Uh, this movie does not care about it women. It is not even subtle about it. She's like, not is there even anything a I bit. can help you with? And he's like, you could bring me to Reed, woman. Pretty much word for it's word. Bad. <laughs> What's there? Not great. So they, they head to this bachelor party, and, and Reed is introduced to these women by Johnny. Johnny makes sure he says they're not exotic dancers or ladies of clear. the night. And he says, they're just hot, because let's just objectify women just a tiny bit more. We're only just getting this movie started. Yep. Just make sure we really set the tone clear at the beginning of the movie. And they kind of double down on this whole we don't respect women thing in this, because one of the next shots that we see is Reed Richards very excitedly explaining the Big Bang Theory to these girls. Like, they've never heard of the Big Bang Theory before. <laughs> and what I want to know is, how the hell did we get to that situation of a man being this excited about science surrounded by women, and he's just like, oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. You're talking about boobs? I'm going to tell you all about the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> That's just read, man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's weird foreplay if that's just read. Well, he eventually lets loose and starts doing the stretchy dance with, with you know, oh, with the two women. <laughs> a stretchy dance. Whoever did the special effects in this movie oh, boy. should get fired from life. <laughs> Public execution. I'm on board with it. <laughs> I'm not going to dox them because that would mean I have to put in the care to read their name in the credits, and right. I'm just not going to do that. Too much. But Too I want them to effort. know that they've blown it, and their parents and family should be embarrassed of them and for them. Full sale has failed you. <laughs> I'm serious. It looks like a senior project. And they're just like, oh, look how cool I, I did the stretchy, man. And then you got his buddies who are looking at the Stretch Armstrong man. And they're like, we work for Weta. We work for Peter Jackson. We made fucking Andy Circus look like a, a golem man in the cave or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I bet that they're just like looking at their buddy on Facebook just saying, why don't you tug on my balls, tid fucker? <laughs> This is really close to the line. <laughs> I'm not going to do the high-pitched voice for it. <laughs> yeah, no, why would you? Oh, give your balls a tug, tit fucker. <laughs> hey, what's going to happen if I if I try to make a stretch arm song? Three things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to hit you. Number two, <laughs> hit the pavement. Number three, I'm going to jerk off on your driver's side door handle. <laughs> I'm going to tug on your balls, tit fucker. <laughs> Jesus, you special effects guys are aggressive. That's a bit much. It is a bit much. Sue leads General Hager <laughs> right to the bachelor party. Natural transition there. I like how, did he check in with Sue to say like, oh, I'm going to the tug your balls with 
Johnny Storm over here? I, I don't or, know. Or did Hager go like, no, we know where he is. I'm a detective on another show. I got it covered. Why would he have gone to the Baxter building first then? That's actually a very good point. <laughs> it's because he probably was like, oh, I haven't degraded a woman all day. And time is ticking. <laughs> I need to get this out of my system before I go talk to a man scientist. No, Reed for sure seems like the kind of guy who's going to check in with his fiance. It was like, okay, this is where I'm going for my bachelor party. Is this going to be okay? And she's still mad at him. And surely she will remain mad at him because he was dancing stretchily with, with two not exotic dancers. The little character development that we know about any of these characters in this film, we can trust Reed. Right. I don't know why she's getting angry at this. Well, you know, because Tim Story. Oh, I forgot all about him already. That's how the Tim Story was written. <laughs> Hager has come to read to build a sensor to track the movements of whatever this silver object is. We're still, we're still being coy. I don't know why. Reed is like, no way, Jose. I have to plan my wedding. And Hager and his crew are like, all right, fine. We're going to leave. Except for Captain Ray, who's played by Bo Garrett, because she has to stay back for a minute because she's a lady and Johnny needs to hit on her before she goes. That's right. So Unfortunately. They, you actually see all of them leave. And then Johnny comes out, talks to her for a second. She's like, I have no interest. Then they come and pick her up. I like how she says she has no interest. And I like yeah. how Johnny then plays it off. Well, playfully, really. How he's like talking to himself. I'm still talking to myself. I can't wait to be Captain America one day so I can put this all behind me. <laughs> Just let me play one serious character. Michael Carlstrom, one of our listeners, he wrote to me and said that he's convinced that Johnny Storm, this Chris Evans, is a variant of Captain America. I'm into that. I'm very into that. I would... I'd- I'd watch that episode of What If. It'll be canon, apparently. So (laughs) go for it. I'm so angry that it's canon. Uh, I've been calling it since they announced it. I know that, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is just fanfic funsies. This isn't what it's supposed to be. Feige doesn't believe in fun. That's a good point. (laughs) Everything serves the greater story. Whatever gets me another cool hat and blazer combo. (laughs) He really loves those hats. So now Sue isn't mad at Reed anymore for his bachelor party because her bachelorette party was wild. Ah, uh, must have been for all the friends that she has. Yep, who we don't see, never nor meet. heard about ever. <laughs> but the, the important thing is, she was very mad at him for two minutes. Oh man, she was furious. While this is happening, Doom has a guy cut him out of his statue thing, but he's all scarred up, but with like metal. So that's so it's happening, okay, right? I, yeah, I don't know how don't any know. of this works. We see a mirror. He's all, he's still him, but, but with like metal scars. I bet Tim Story's just sitting there going like, I need to get this character from point A to point B. <laughs> I know a way to do it. Don't show him. Exactly. Ah, I want to move. <laughs> That's how you really serve the greater Tim Story. Rise of the Silver. Who? Shh. Don't tell. What don't do you mean tell. we're contracted to put Julian McMahon in two movies? <laughs> <laughs> Julian McMahon doesn't even know he's in this movie. Probably. <laughs> right. So we cut to the day of the wedding, and Stanley is not on the guest list. You know what we have to do now. We had to figure out if this one gets snapped or not. There's no way this one gets snapped in There's my mind. There's not a chance this one gets snapped. Can I tell you why this is my favorite Stanley cameo? Because he's Stanley? Because it's canon to the comic book. Really? In Fantastic Four Annual Number 3, Stanley and Jack Kirby attempt to crash the wedding of Mr. Fantastic and, at the time, Invisible Girl. But they get thrown out by Nick Fury. I like it. For not being on the list. And I bet Jack Kirby is like seen at the end of that thing like in a gutter. <laughs> yep. Like probably. smoking weird loose cigarettes that he finds floating around. 
just going, well, somebody please give me the credit that I'm due. And Stanley goes, absolutely not. Excelsior. I invented everything. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I say this, this stand does not get snapped. Absolutely. This is a living stand. Unlike the real stand. Wow. There it is. I gotta let everyone know. Well, yeah. In case you weren't aware. In case you're new to the show. Stanley's dead. In canon of life. <laughs> in life canon. All right, so Stan just gets turned away from the wedding, still gets to live when Thanos does his, his bit later on the road. That's right. We know that out of all the Stanley cameos, half of them have to get snapped. It's just, sci- it's just math. I almost said science because of this movie, but it's math. We're not keeping track of the stands that get snapped and don't get snapped, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> nope. That would be a, a smart thing to do, but... We're too far in now. We sure are. Why don't you tug on these balls, K-podcasters? You tit fuckers. <laughs> you should have kept track of that earlier. Give your balls a tug. <laughs> now, why don't you tug why on Why don't you go balls? tug on strangers' balls in a gutter like Jack Kirby did in the Fantastic Four annual number three? Oh. <laughs> Just walking around tugging on strangers, tit fucker. Speaking of being too far into things. <laughs> Sue's having second thoughts about the wedding because of all the fame and media frenzy, of course. But Alicia Masters, played brilliantly by Carrie Washington. She's so good. She's going she's to confront Sue. She'll be like, or not, not confront, comfort. Those are different words. They sure are. One of them <laughs> uh, is more attacking. Right. And one of them is very loving. Could you imagine if she, instead she confronted her? Like, what do you mean <laughs> you don't want to get married? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Totally different movie. Oh, I'm telling Reed. I can see Sue just going like, I never said that. I <laughs> I don't know where you're getting this from. I want to see that now. Yeah, I think that would be- Just a whole movie of, they just take the meaning of what they went for here and just flip it completely. I would say, send <laughs> No, him- Sue, I don't want to talk about the fucking wedding. We have to save the world. <laughs> because that's what should have happened. Yeah, honestly. You know what? Write a letter to Tim's story. He's I done, will not. He's done with Tom and Jerry now, so he could probably get to work oh, on Oh, God, I else. forgot he did Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I was like, I was going to. It was free on HBO Max, and I was like, who directed it? No, I'm good. It's like Hannah and Barbara popped out of their graves, and they're just like, Tim, we want you to shepherd our cat and mouse. <laughs> and he goes, have you seen the things I've done before? And they go, don't worry. Go tug on your balls. <laughs> yep, that's. And he goes. How do you even know that reference? It's so Canadian. What are we doing here? <laughs> Shut up, titfucker. Make this movie. Oh, boy. The Ghost of Hannah and Barbara. I like it. They are aggressive. Almost as aggressive as the, the special effects people. That's right. We cut to Reed. He's working on the thing he said he wouldn't work on. Like behind Sue's back, even though everyone knew he was going to work on it anyway. Yeah. So like, it's more to the side of her. No way. Anything. It's not so much... I'm not going to work on that thing, Katu. I'm working on the thing. It's going to alert him of any cosmic radiation anywhere on the planet. And Ben is like, well, you better hurry up because your wedding is in an hour and you look like an idiot. (laughs) You need to shave and put on a tux. You're getting married in an hour. And that's when Reed's legs get all wobbly and stretchy. Yeah. I've heard of cold feet. This movie. Hey, man, he had his airplane scene already. He's done. That's true. Comedy is switched off. <laughs> Chickless is like, I, I acted. I was in the middle seat on, pl- on a plane. It's very funny. I'm on autopilot. Rest of the movie. I'm done. Just going to get that paycheck and go home. So they all make it to the wedding. and 
Johnny asks Ben how he and Alicia have sex because, I don't know, that's what you do in PG movies. I do not understand how he does not understand this because it's very simple. He gets his rocks off. Hey, I appreciated that, actually. Simplest explanation. Honestly, better joke. It is a better joke. And later on, Alicia's going to call out Johnny for just being a sad, sad, lonely boy. Why, why are you picking on Ben? You, you jealous? Right. They pretty much put the only person with any personality in this movie and, as you put it, emotionally fridge him. <laughs> yeah. Where he's just going to kind of wander around this movie from now on, trying to find his purpose. He's like, oh, you're right. I am alone. And not like in a cool peewee way. No. This not is like a-, a lame Johnny Storm Fantastic Four sequel kind of way. Exactly. So we do the wedding thing. And during the ceremony, Reed's system detects some cosmic radiation heading straight toward New York City which causes a massive blackout. It's good to know that if it's happening in America, it's just a blackout. Anywhere else, look out. But in America, we just get blackouts. It's like apocalyptic if it happens anywhere else. We're like, America's the only country with electricity. I'm Tim Story. (laughs) Nailed it. Obviously, Sue's like, you have your your little cell phone. Oh, no, it's a PDA. You have your PDA on you here at the wedding. Date this so hard. Oh, man, so hard. The, uh, the object, the silver thing, destroys the sensors while the Fantastic Four protect the crowd. Dave, I have an actual IMDb trivia fact for you. Get it over with. It's the only one I have because this movie had so few. That's okay. Tug on your IMDb balls. The blades of the helicopter that nearly destroy Sue and Reed's wedding were created with CGI. <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> I actually like the look of it because you have the helicopter that's going down. You have the propeller on it that's kind of chopping away at the white wedding seats that are there. It looks pretty cool. It does I look like pretty cool. It. It's CGI. Without a doubt, it's CGI. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure you knew. IMDb had to tell me. That's like a full sale B, though. Yeah, I mean, he probably got a really good grade on that. Without a doubt. So Johnny's going to chase whatever this silver thing is, and we're about to be able to not call it that anymore. Chases it all the way to Washington, D.C., and he discovers that it is the Silver Surfer. Hey, how about that? Doug fucking Jones. He deserves the fucking oh, so hard. God, he does. This performance, I mean, get rid of the rest of the movie. Just give me just Doug Jones' Silver Surfer, please. I don't like the voice. Well, the voice is Lawrence Fishburne. I am aware of that. So. I don't like the voice because you have like this omnipotent kind of character who can fly through buildings and is super fast and can freeze oceans or you know, freeze Egypt because it's so hot there. Yep. Lawrence Fishburne is distracting coming out of there. <laughs> but they make it echoey. I'm aware that they make it echoey. <laughs> I don't know why they make it echoey, but they I, do. They, they do. Johnny confronts the surfer who drags him up into outer space. So, you know, there's no oxygen. So obviously, Johnny, he's no longer on fire. Flame and then, off! And then the surfer drops him back toward, you know, gravity and Earth and whatnot. Luckily, Johnny reactivates his powers just in time to not die, but he has like a, a little crash landing, and he's, he's, not, he's not having a great day. He's not, and now he's going to be all power confused. He sure is. Because he needs to do something in this movie. <laughs> the surfer calls out to the void of space that another world awaits. Ooh. I like that quite a bit. It's very ominous. We know what it means. Yes. Because that world is about to get devoured. Sure is. So while Johnny's recovering, Sue tries to comfort him, and she touches his shoulder, and then their powers switch. 
he becomes all invisible. She becomes all fiery and she's panicking. Like she's never seen someone on fire every single day of her, you know, recent life, we'll call it. Yeah. Well, every I, day. I feel like that when you first become fully engulfed in flames, your immediate reaction is probably to panic a little bit. I mean, it shouldn't take you long to realize this is not hurting me. And also That's I'm true. flying. That's true. Those two things are usually a, a telltale sign that you're, you've accidentally swapped powers. Get it together. It's like a real pathetic Ricky Bobby. Like, she didn't understand anything that's happening here. So instead, how in the future they're going to have Franklin Richards. They just change his name to Walker and Texas Rangers simultaneously. <laughs> that's how I'm on fire, I'm on fire. She Help is. me, Tom. How Cruise. does he, yeah. she not figure this out? I, I don't know. Uh, again, there's something to be said about being fully engulfed in flames. Not when you see somebody that you love and care about fully engulfed in flames on the reg. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. It's still not you when that happens, though. All right, fair. <laughs> but when they touch, their powers revert back to normal. And naturally, this leads to Sue being naked in this movie, too. So at least Tim's story is consistent. That's true. He doesn't lean into it all that hard in this one, though, which is nice. Yeah, no, there's just a bunch of paparazzi, and then it's on the news the next day. and she, No, I, it's, we'll call that not leaning into it. <laughs> I mean, he hung around on the beat for... As long as Tim Story wants to hang around on beach usually, yeah, which is too long. That's but fair. he moves along and then we never hear about it ever again. So there's that. I guess. He <laughs> doesn't repeat it this time either, which that's is nice. That's true. He only does it once this time. Reed's examination of Johnny reveals that the exposure to the surfer has set Johnny's molecular structure in flux, allowing Whoa. him to switch powers with his teammates through physical contact. So obviously, Ben grabs him and Johnny becomes a rocky boy and Ben reverts back to human. You know, that's probably emotionally jarring for Ben, who spent the entire last movie like, oh, I'm a monster. So for two seconds before they switch back, he gets to be human again. So that's yeah, fun. Yeah, but then we get to see Chris Evans get to be all Rocky Boy. We do. And he talks like a Chris Evans, unlike Michael Chiklis, who talks like a goddamn monster. <laughs> yeah. But I don't understand how Chiklis doesn't, like, touch his shoulder, be like, tag, you're it, and then just fucks right out of that room. Get out of there. Get out of there. Go into hiding for forever. Get your Kerry Washington. You're done. Exactly. Get your rocks off without all the rocks. (laughs) You'd think that, like, Johnny Storm would be nice enough to give him one day. It would be nice, but can you also imagine if, like, they had, like, a blooper reel or whatever of Chris Evans being his... Like, cheerful, charming self. And, like, he reaches behind the camera and touches Tim's story. He goes, oh, now I'm a shitty director. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Reed and Sue make secret plans to leave the team after they solve this whole surfer crisis. But Johnny overhears them. And because he's already a sad boy, he gets sadder. And then he tells Ben <laughs> about it. And then Ben gets sad. And then Ben's also like, oh, they're going to leave? That's that. Uh huh. <laughs> We've like separated the team in a way. Kind of. That doesn't make any sense or there's no reason behind any of it for the most part. <laughs> so far, there's been little to any reason behind anything. Also true. Speaking of having no reason, Doom is still in the movie. Uh, he's apparently found a way to track the surfer that isn't detectable, like when Reed does it. So he goes and he sees him in the Arctic to form an alliance and take over the worlds. And the surfer's like, yeah, no, your your world is ending. I'm not going to join you. And <laughs> he tries to leave, so Doom zaps him in the back with his electric powers that I forgot he had. Uh-huh. And then the surfer, uh, is, he zaps him right back, which for some reason heals Doom's metal disfiguration. So that's, you know, it's a mixed bag. We'll get there. 
Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. We'll get there. <laughs> Tracing the cosmic energy of the surfer rediscovers that a series of planets the alien has visited before Earth have all been destroyed. I would be more surprised that all of these planets had life to begin with, but he's more like, wow, he killed all these people, our aliens. Because we've never really established in the Fantastic Four universe that they know about alien life. But how does he even know that these planets were destroyed? <laughs> is it just like a corpse of a planet just floating there? I guess. I don't eat the core. No, thank <laughs> you. I'm on a diet. <laughs> Too many calories in the hot magma center. <laughs> Once I get through that crust and I get into that hot magma, I'm just full. <laughs> Way too many carbs in the core. You gotta skip it. Try to watch my figure. I can't get to the nougaty center of these planets. Right, I'm a giant man who floats around space with my big horn helmet. Surely <sighs> they're not gonna change that in this movie. Why I need would to watch they? my delicious figure. <laughs> I am a tasty bitch named Galactus. I hope they don't ruin this. Wow, that's maybe my favorite thing you've ever said. I am a tasty bitch named Galactus, quote Dave Michaels. This movie's done it to me. It's broken me. (laughs) The Silver Surfer has been creating these deep uh, craters all around the world, and Reed figures out that there's a pattern to them, and the next one's going to be in London. And these craters are just to get the Galactus into the planet to eat it, I suppose? Yeah, which is why it's really convenient that they're all in major cities. That's right. (laughs) But I also like how Reed's like reading out the longitude and latitude and like his eyes light up. He's like, he's like, oh, sucker at brew. It's London. And everyone's like, Reed, you're a scientist. He's like, I know, but not of geography or language. Yeah, clearly language. France. That's why this object is marrying me. (laughs) This quote, sexiest woman on the planet. (laughs) We'll get there. We sure will. So they're going to go to London, uh, and they get there just in time for the London Eye to to be falling over because the surfer <laughs> flew by it. So the surfer flew by, but he also opened up a giant crater in the Thames. Right, and I like how nothing else is affected in this entire city except the London just Eye. The eyes. Oh no, our silly Ferris wheel is falling in, into the the river. We got to save all the people on it. Oh my god, I can't believe they found the structural integrity that weak that if a strange silver man flew over, it's going to get destroyed. What are the odds? Oh, you went Australian at the end. Crikey! (laughs) Uh, I do it every time, too. It's hard not to finish that way. It is. It's like getting your accent rocks off. Exactly. (laughs) Tug on your accent balls. There it is. Give your accent balls a tug. So the team are going to work together to to save the London Eye, which right. means obviously In Sue. Math three out of four. It ain't bad. <laughs> Sue's going to use her her shield powers to uh-huh. keep it afloat. To well, keep it upright. Well, well, Ben's just standing under it, lifting it into the air and <laughs> holding it. And Reed's just going to wrap himself around it. Right, and that's which is just absolutely silly because Sue has an invisible force. Keeping it not even upright. It's just keeping it from not falling down, which I have to imagine is harder to do instead of trying to force it it upwards. Reed is entwined within it, (laughs) trying to pull it back, I suppose. And 
the thing is just a shim holding this thing up. And I'm not talking like a shim like all you fucking weirdos look at on the internet. I'm talking about a proper like construction <laughs> shim that's that's meant to, yeah. you know, just it's like wedge yeah. Wedge it. Keep it taut. Keep it tight like a tiger. Exactly. He's he's just over there. And he's holding it under him with his rocky arms holding it up. He's doing it. His- Johnny just goes what am I doing here? I don't know. He's like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go catch the surfer. And whoops, I flew into Reed because like I fr- one cable snaps off of the London Eye, hits him, and then he goes flying off. I don't know why he was flying so close to the London Eye to start when he could just, you know, swoop around it. And we'll get to that with the ending. How they make the four in the air. They like to take the long route for Absolutely. every possible thing. But he's like, I'm not gonna draw four by myself. I'm just gonna go A to B on this one. And, yep, he slams into Reed, and they switch powers. They sure do. Johnny gets all stretchy, and Reed gets useful. <laughs> yeah, Reed's like, oh, I can do things now. Uh-huh, Reed is the best human torch in this movie by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Reed is going to, like, weld the eye back into, like, its support and make it functional again. It's like a weird London eye optometrist, I suppose, or I don't know what. <laughs> London Eye Optometrist. Everybody knows that when the water leaves the Thames and the London Eye starts falling over, you just got to weld it back. That's it. That's it. easy fix. Well, it's well, been this old London. Johnny melts into a puddle. Bob Reed Richards Vila. Oh, my favorite of the, of the Bob <laughs> Vila variants. And you have like Ben show up as like Norm. Oh, of course. Just talking about paint. thrilling norm this is why people forget that you exist norm i was like who is norm until i said the paint thing and you're like that fucking guy oh yeah all right the paint guy i remember forgetting norm now (laughs) so all the water from the thames drains into this gone it's gone everyone's uh, like all right let's go home and reed we did it pissed off at johnny and hager is pissed off at all of them as he should be i feel like yeah even though he did save the day well, really, they were supposed to be there to catch the Silver Surfer. They weren't there to save the London Eye. But they had to make a choice they at that point. To, it's like, yeah. well, you can either save the hundred people on the London Eye who look like they're dressed like they're commuting to work, which you should not go for a commute. That's London, baby. And a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's like, I get that you drive on the wrong side of the road, but you're not this stupid. Tim's story has only seen, like, movies about England where everybody's all dressed up proper. <laughs> So he's just like, this is how they, this is always how they dress. You Come put on. a bowler hat and a briefcase in his hands. <laughs> but I also like how you have the one guy who they focus way too long on as he gets oh up the London yes. Eye and he like hugs his family. It's like, was your family watching you go on this ride? I don't understand. <laughs> no, they got off before him and he fell back onto it. Probably when, you know, the whole power switcheroo happened. Unbelievable. It's, this uh, whole scene is unbelievable. They spend too much time on it, and we just uh-huh. did too. So. Yes. Agreed on. <laughs> Tim's story is affecting everything right now. He got I us. Hate it. So it turns out Victor Von Doom has leveraged his experience with the Silver Surfer into a deal with Hager, who is now going to force the Fantastic Four to work with him. And they're just very surprised to see him. It is a pretty good reveal that he's the one who they have to work with. In like a better movie... Or the MCU, it would have been like a real big hero coming back or something like that for that right. type of reveal. When you see Julia McMahon, you're just like, I still can't name a single other movie you've done. I, so you look like you took your role in Nip Tuck a little too seriously. How much work have you had done? <laughs> Together, they deduce that the surfer's board is the source of his power, which is, you know, new for this movie. And they need to figure sure. out how to separate the silver surfer from his silver surfboard. That just makes him silver at that point, doesn't it? It's 
just a guy. Because they're surely not going to ever say Norrin Rad in this movie. Surely they won't. That would involve them having read a comic book. Right. That's going to raise questions later. We'll get there. We will get there. Naturally, because they have to solve this huge crisis, Johnny and Ben go to the bar. As you do. Where Johnny admits that if the world is really ending, he wishes he had someone to spend the apocalypse with. That's dark. Sure is. And I love that Ben's like, you got me, buddy. He's like, yeah, not what I meant. Not what I meant. Not at all. I don't want to stick my dinghy between your tectonic plates. (laughs) Or as you call it, I don't know what. I don't know your anatomy. I don't want to know. We've questioned if you have a heart in this movie. That's true. He's got some sort of rock-like heart, right? (laughs) I don't even know what that would look like. Reed's really stressed out. So naturally, Sue's going to calm him down, and she does the she says the very natural line of, "See, now I can feel your pulse going down," and that just sets off bells for him. He's like, "Oh, pulse! You brilliant woman! I need to do a I need to make a pulse generator that'll separate the Silver Surfer from his silver surfboard." And Victor, who's supposed to be helping Reed, he's working on some other thing in another part of the sure. building. And Sue's going to be like, "Hey, I could rip you apart with a force field," and he's like, "Do it." And she's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to leave now, but you know, ah, you're supposed to be Just, helping, mister. I like how he's being all shady in like this storeroom. Gets yeah. confronted, and he still gets away with it. <laughs> he just stands there like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing right now. I'll- uh, Tim, Tim, cut for a second. This is Jessica Alba talking. Uh, quick line reading. Why does it say, well, I'm a dumb broad. I'm just going to go leave. <laughs> Do I have to say that? or So- it's funny you say that because I have an actual thing about Tim Story directing Jessica Alba. I'm so curious to hear it because in my head, that's how it went. Is he just disrespects women so much? Are you ready for this? Oh, dear. Jessica Alba, upon receiving criticism about her performance in this film, said that the director, Tim Story, told her, It looks too real. It looks too painful. Can you be prettier when you cry? Cry oh, pretty, God. Jessica. Don't do that thing with your face. Just make it flat. We can CGI the tears in. So Tim's story is a bad man. <laughs> yup. And he should go fuck off for forever. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's pretty terrible right there. I was joking. Yeah. And Jessica it, Alba was not. It, it got too real. real. Hey, there's another woman in this movie. <laughs> Carrie Washington, yeah. I was going to talk about Bo Garrett for a second. I forgot that she was in this movie already, yeah. Because Johnny gets out of the shower, and she's waiting for him to tell him that they're about to go somewhere. And Johnny's like, oh, you were waiting for me, huh? And he wants to know why Captain Ray doesn't want him. And she's like, because you're the worst. Perfect. And Nailed it. That's like I their love it. whole interaction. He's like, maybe I am, actually. That's not a bad call. Nope. Seems like she's got her finger on the pulse, just like... Sue Storm does. She really has it figured out, this character, and surely, for the rest of the movie, she will be steadfast in that, you know, oh boy. Surely. Oh boy. That's exactly how this one's going to go. Yep. So they all go to Germany, where they set up the Tachyon Pulse, which requires four different devices working in tandem. That is such good luck that there's four of them. How convenient. Wow. We just got to set up these four things in different corners, and it's going to make the surfer fall off his board. For reasons. In Germany. I'm sure. I love they just keep going to different places just to be like, look, see, it's affecting the whole world. But now they're just in the woods in Germany, and there's a grizzly bear. There absolutely is a grizzly bear. Which there are not in in Germany. Let's pretend like Tim Story gives a shit. That's fair. (laughs) Now listen here, grizzly bear. This is Tim Story directing. I'm going to need you 
to put in a really good word with Mr. Hannah and Barbara. <laughs> and I'm going to say, Yogi Bear jokes and boo-boo, I just need you to pass it on to them. I just, I need, I need that cartoon job later in life because this, I could tell, this is going to work. I don't know how we got that connecting thread, but we did it. <laughs> and when the thing yells at you, I'm going to need you to cry pretty. Cry pretty, Grizzly Bear. <laughs> yeah, the thing is going to yell at a grizzly bear because, I don't know, we need to fill time. Comedy. Right. It took a day off here. So yeah, Ben yells at the grizzly bear, it runs off, he sets up his device, no problem. But while she's setting up her device, Sue is confronted by the surfer. Not comforted. Confronted. Proper. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's just like, hey, let's chat. It's a good approach. They it haven't really tried is. it yet. Nobody's really tried that. They just be like, hey, let's chase him. Let's zap him from behind. She's like, hey, let's talk. Why, why are you trying to destroy our world? And he's like, oh, it's, it's not me. I'm just a servant of the destroyer of worlds. I really don't have any say in the matter. And she's like, oh, you always have a choice. And then the military open fires on him. It's not great because they fire a missile and his board just sucks it on up. Yep. And they're like, fire the missiles! All of the missiles! And you're like, why? It didn't work. Why are it you going to do work. more? He literally ate the missile. What are you doing? But while they're doing that, Sue finishes planting her device and the team all fire their pulse and it separates the surfer from his board. So, you know, mission accomplished. <laughs> we did it. The military in prison, the silver surfer, and... We're going to head to Siberia now because we got to change locations. Just a name only. Right. Because when you're going indoors, who cares? Who cares? We're inside now. Not in Germany, though. Siberia. So Hager locks up the Fantastic Four. As you do. Because he doesn't want them talking to the Silver Surfer. So basically, you guys, we're going to lock you in a room so we can torture the Silver Surfer. They don't lock them in the room. That's true. They just kind of stand guard by They it. just close the door and say, you, wait here. You're kind of, sort of, under arrest, but kind of, sort of, not. Whoever they left guarding there doesn't know about the very, very famous Fantastic Four and the especially famous Invisible Woman, because Sue's going to go invisible and walk right out. Right, as Johnny's asking this guard for DVDs or something to pass the time. They just did such a good job with his character. I can't the believe best. it. I told you, they fridged him while he's on screen. It's amazing. <laughs> Like, last movie, he was annoying, yeah, but he was still fun and interesting to watch, at yeah. the very least. Here, he's mopey. Oh, my goodness. And just, it's brutal to watch. And still sexist? <laughs> Somehow, yeah. It's like, I just want love, but also misogyny. <laughs> nah, just, I'm just buying time till I get that shield. That's, that's what's happening here. Sue goes in to talk to the surfer, but she's all invisible-like, but he knows she's there. So when all the, everybody leaves, he's like, all right, let's talk. Her first question should have been, why are you no longer shiny? No, instead she's like, what's your name? I'm Susan. <laughs> he doesn't answer. And he's like, rude. I don't have time for this. And she's like, why? What's, what's going on? You told me that it's not your choice? And he's like, no, I'm, I exchanged the safety of my planet to become the herald to a master known as Galactus, a massive Cloud-like cosmic entity which must feed on life-bearing planets to survive. And if you are a fan of anything comic books... You're mad right now. You should uh, crash your car, if you're in a car, into the <laughs> guardrail and destroy it. And blame Or take Tim your Story. phone or, and just throw it out the window, because nothing matters anymore. Because Tim's story is a fucking idiot. <laughs> so apparently the one thing that Tim's story is totally against is having giant robots in his movies. And even though Galactus is not a robot... He's like, he looks like a robot. 
And that's the whole reason that they changed the look of Galactus, because Tim Story didn't want a giant robot. I want to go up to Tim Story, kick him in the nuts repeatedly, and then tell him <laughs> to cry pretty for me. Cry pretty for me, Tim. Uh, you know what? You would direct a movie called Think Like a Man. <laughs> Is that what he did for real? Yeah. You know, he's done a lot of, um, like, he did Barbershop and Taxi and Think Like a Man, Ride Along. He did the Shaft reboot in 2019. Okay. You know. So he is capable of directing. He just chose not to here. He just, for some reason, you put you put a cast in front of him that want to be super, and he goes, no, 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 no. We can't have that. I mean, I hate to say it, looking at the list of movies that you just had there, maybe it's just white people. Could be. I'm not saying that as like a joke. Like, clearly, this movie stands out from his repertoire. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, some of the stuff he's done is legitimately... Good. Yeah. So he is seemingly capable, and he keeps getting hired, so maybe he just keeps fooling him. Maybe he's like the P.T. Barnum of filmmaking, <laughs> finding suckers and producers <laughs> left and right. As long as it's a mostly male cast also. Also true. The Silver Surfer also tells Sue that the board is the homing beacon for Galactus, not him. Sure, because why not have that be a thing now, too? You know, it's the board is the source of my power, and also what's bringing the world destroyer here. Why does that matter? <laughs> Bored ex machina. <laughs> oh, so you're not the bad guy. It's your primary mode of transportation that's the bad guy. Unbelievable. Doom, of course, he really wants that board. So he's going to kill Hager. Yep. And steal the surfboard from the compound. And then the device he was working on earlier happens to be a thing that makes it so he can control the surfboard. It's very convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> what I love also is Julian McMahon does not want to be here. And he shows that throughout the entire movie. How he's like, I'm contractually obligated. I signed this thing for two movies. What was I thinking? But he doesn't even hide his character at all in this movie because he'll like take three steps and everyone else carries on in front of him and he like menacingly pauses. It's like, how do you not know that he's the bad guy, army men? How are you so, not yeah. figuring this out? The guy who's constantly stopping behind you to be menacing. <laughs> and who was the bad guy in the previous film? You have to be aware of that history. The one that these very, very famous superheroes really don't want to be around. Unbelievable. All these army people deserve to die in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, now Doom's got the surfboard. Because nobody could see through his clever ruse? It's very clever. So now the Fantastic Four, they're, they're going to go, they're going to rescue the, the Silver Surfer, and they're going to follow Doom in the fantastic car, which, yes, has a Hemi. Oh, dear. So, let's talk about this in great detail. <laughs> Do you remember earlier when you said, hey, let's really date this movie with a PDA? Uh-huh. <sighs> oh, boy. The fantastic car. It's hidden underneath the sheet at the Baxter building. Yes. Johnny Storm goes to look at it on the movie and reads like, oh, no, don't. Don't go peeking at that. Because it's not time for this to come out yet. Chekhov's sheet. So he like pushes this button on, I don't know what, we don't see, but the car like lights up miles and half a world away, realistically. It managed to fly from New York to Siberia in no time at all. None whatsoever. And when it gets there, it just has the Dodge logo. Yep. Just all over the place. Yep. And every part of this, even on like the seats, they're embroidered with the Dodge logo. They went to town on this thing. Yeah. Sure did. I feel like 
this fantastic car, the people who put it together, knew that in the future there was going to be a movie called Ford v. Ferrari. And they're like, what about <laughs> us? Can't wait. And I also love how Johnny Storm goes up to the car and he goes, this thing got a Hemi? Oh, he, does, he says the line. He's the famous marketing line from that year. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. we got a question on Facebook oh, great. about- Product placement. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about his new suit with all the logos on it. Oh, it's loaded with that. He's like capitalism that's come to life. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Phil Hawkins. He's got a wed bed behead for us, and oh. it is the product placement edition. Oh. He wants to know. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Hemi Engines. <laughs> Superman and Cheerios. Oh. Or Transformers 4, Revenge of the Fallen, and Bud Light. Oh wow. Okay. This is this is actually this is pretty easy. I'm killing the Hemi. That quickly. <laughs> I'm marrying the Cheerios. Okay. And and I'm obviously going to slam in the big robots. Bed the bed the Bud Light in the big robots. Yeah. I think I'm going a different way. Been... I'm definitely marrying Superman and the Cheerios. I do think that I'm gonna end up killing the Transformers and going to the bone zone with the Fantastic Car. You're getting your rocks off with the Fantastic Car? I am, but it's mostly because it splits apart also, so it's, you know it's full of surprises. Oh, that's true. And I like that. Well, I mean, those robots are more than meets the eye, Dave. Oh, that really is all they're all about, isn't it? <laughs> but, like, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Isn't that half the fun? I guess so. <laughs> it's like sometimes you're going to have- And it comes with Bud Light. Like, a nice car come up to you and start like caressing you and like massaging you. Yeah. And really working the foreplay. Sounds great. But then you're going to get like a real mean car who sure. just starts whipping out chains and stuff and you're just like, fuck. That's what the Bud Wasn't Light's ready for. ready for this. <laughs> is that what Bud Light's <laughs> for? <laughs> How does that work? That uh, is not strong enough. No, you, you, need to, you need to drink a whole Transformers movie worth. <laughs> I guess there you go, Phil. Thank you. <laughs> That's a fantastic question. Pun fantastic not car intended. Uh, I hate whenever we do one of these movies that I always use the word fantastic. <laughs> like it's just in my vocabulary for the next uh-huh. three weeks. Let's carry on with this movie. I, don't, I almost said fantastic movie and then I caught myself. <laughs> Good catch. Because I'm not a liar. Right. Unless you listen to our Jaws Patreon episode where I've been calling it the 45th anniversary the whole time. And it's not. It's the 46th anniversary. Everybody loves that, that 46th milestone anniversary. I always thought that movie came out in 76, and it did not. Nope. 75. Oops. That'll be out on Patreon later this month. So the team get into the fantastic car, and after the, you know, they argue about who's going to drive. I don't even know why Johnny wants to drive. He's going to fly on his own anyway. Yep. They follow Doom to another location. We, we're going to Shanghai now because, I don't know, we haven't been there. Okay. And as soon as they get there, Doom's like, all right, well, I'm going to kill this Silver Surfer guy because he's going to try to get his surfboard back. So he makes a big old long spear and he throws it at the surfer. And for some reason, Sue is like, I have to save him. And she she makes a, a force field and it goes right through it and it impales her and, and they put her right in the fridge. Yep. She gets to join her brother now. It's in perfect. In the traditional sense of, of fridging a character uh-huh. as motivation for the rest of the team. So then you have Reed Richards goes to comfort her, and he's like, wow, you got speared in the chest real bad. <laughs> and now the team is like, oh, what do we do? We got to devise a plan. And Johnny's like, well, what if I took everybody's power and just fought him one-on-one? But Johnny, we don't know if that'll work. And he's like, oh, when, did it, when did it become about me? And it's literally always. The whole entire thing is always, always about you all the time. 
So he absorbs all of their powers and, and becomes a one-man Fantastic Four. He goes full Super Scroll, so he can uh-huh. take on the cosmic energy-empowered Doctor Doom. And he kind of beats him no problem. Yeah, he uh, he definitely breaks the control over the, the surfboard. He kind of heats him up until until his watch breaks. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then Ben found a crane, and he knocks Doom into the harbor, and then Doom sinks to the bottom. And that's... That's all it took. That's it. Real anticlimactic. And now also you have a lot of these characters who are looking for an out of their powers to live normal lives. It's like, you just found it. You found it. And he is happy to be the really famous guy with all the powers. Uh Uh-huh. So he goes back and he gives everybody their powers back. (laughs) And I can imagine that Ben Grimm is sitting there just going like, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? Right? Like, everybody wants out. And, uh, oh, well. But also at the same time, Galactus is here, y'all. And Sue is so dead, so we still have things to do. And that's when the Silver Surfer is like, oh, well, I'll give me my board. I can take care of this. I have powers. I like how you say Galactus is here, but really it's just clouds. It's just, it's just inclement weather. They decided not to show proper Galactus, and they made it just a big old cloud They monster. just made him a big cloud. That's it. How dare they? <laughs> I agree. Tim story, and what's weird about fuck. it is, like, you have this cloud who's trying to eat the whole planet. You're like, okay, this was set up. Like, it could have been cool, and then you did that. And, then, and I keep yeah. thinking of just, like, Parallax and Green Lantern, which looked proper which cool. Which looked actually really awesome. And in this movie, they were like, you want to just make it look like a, a bad storm? We just do a bad <laughs> of storm. Of the Sue and Johnny variety? No. Oh, no. <laughs> What's really neat is, is that one of these surfers' powers uh, is that he can revive Sue from the dead, I guess. She's got a spear through her chest. Yep. Well, not anymore, because she used her invisibility power to make it go I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But the Silver Surfer goes up to her and puts like his hand in front of her face, and he starts to like dull almost like yeah. his silverness goes away. He's given her point. some of her silver some of his silver. And I just have so many questions. I like that before she wakes up, he he turns to read, he's like, Cherish every moment with her. Which won't be long unless you fuck off, Silver Surfer. Right? Go do a thing because Maybe don't try to tie this up with a neat little bow that you finally have a character. Go! <laughs> so he does. Uh, he, he sure does. He jumps flies on into his the clouds. Board. He flies into, quote-unquote, Galactus. Uh-huh. And he, he blows himself up, imploding the giant cloud into itself around him. Which looks pretty cool. It does look pretty cool if that's how you're going to kill a cloud. If you choose to make a major comic book character into a cloud, I guess that's a good way to kill it. <laughs> Johnny and Ben are like, all right, you two, have a great life. And they're like, no, we're actually going to stick around after all. And they're like, so plan another wedding? And they're like, no, let's get it over with. Let's go to Japan. And we're going to do this wedding thing one last time, but this time with a healthy dose of cultural appropriation. Oh, boy, it is brutal. I have no idea why they would choose to go to Japan. The only thing we've seen about Japan so far is how the man fell out of the boat earlier and fell into yep. the solid water. I don't know. And I bet Tim Story's sitting there going like, I can show you I know other things about Japan. Ready? Jessica Alba, show him what I know about Japan. Uh, she's like, do I have to? He's like, cry pretty. This is one of the most culturally inappropriate things you're going to see. It's so bad. They're surrounded by not loved ones, complete strangers. Complete strangers. All Japanese people who they have undoubtedly never met in their lives. Right. They are about to get married, which, by the way, very, very quickly want to talk about this. 
I didn't know Brian Posehn was available for weddings. Brian fucking Posehn. And Apologies not Posehn only is family? he available for weddings, he will fly from New York to Japan on a moment's notice because, you know, he's just your guy. Sure. <laughs> I love Brian Posehn. How could you not? He is the best. But while this is all happening, Jessica Alba is dressed like she should be a traditional Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing if you don't know Jessica Alba, if you didn't feel like looking her up, she's not. She's not. So yeah, th- th- that's that's how we're going to tie that up. That, <laughs> that plot thread, I guess. Oh, and the woman that's hated Johnny the whole movie, she's now his date for the wedding, and she's going to try real hard to catch the bouquet, uh, which, of course, he lights on fire. So she can't. Right. Because, you know, character growth. Uh-huh. The guy who was sad and lonely got the one girl in the movie that didn't want him, so now he doesn't care about having a partner anymore. How about that? Gross. Uh-huh. The team all get together. They fly away in the Fantastic Car, making a big old four in the sky. That's because the Fantastic Car breaks apart into smaller hemi-vehicles that also fly. Exactly. And also have their own Dodge grill. Fantastically. And they make a big old four because they're in a rush. But... Blue Angels ain't got shit on us. We're the Fantastic Four. Look at how good we can make a four in the sky. One of them makes like a giant loop to make the circle going way out of it's the way. Johnny. <laughs> and then comes back. But it's just like, I'm so happy the credits come next. <laughs> yes, the credits arrive and then suddenly disappear because we're going to get a mid-credits scene. The Silver Surfer is alive. That's it. That's that's it. That's all you need to know. Yep. And that is the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer from 2007, directed by a complete fuckhead. <laughs> Nailed it. I like this movie better than the first one. Wow. And you know I know what? that's saying I something. I think I might too, actually. I think it has more to offer. I think it's more entertaining. They don't have to do the whole silly setup because the setup right. itself is ridiculous. It'll be interesting to see how that gets handled because we know they're coming to the MCU. We absolutely do. But I also love that there are some things that are appropriate in this movie, like the Silver Surfer getting named for the first time. Yes. How Johnny tries describing what this entity actually is. He's like, I don't know. He was like silver and he was on like some sort of surfboard. And I like how Reed says like, well, I mean, I guess we can go after this Silver Surfer. And he says it like it's as ridiculous as it sounds. Yeah, yeah. and he gives like Johnny a look like, I, I, that's what you say he was. Uh-huh. I'm going to roll with it. This is on you, John. It is an appropriate naming sequence. The characters in this movie suck so hard. Every single one of them, except for Nora and Rad. I completely agree. Johnny is an embarrassment. He, uh, man, it's funny because out of everybody in this movie, Chris Evans is the only one who seems like he's trying. Which is sad, because they didn't give him much to work with. Exactly. I said that they fridged his character, and it's because they could never figure out what to do with his character as it kept going through. They kept he has like five different storylines, yeah. so they just kind of emotionally fridge him. So he is just They're like, let's just going make him sad. <laughs> right. He's on screen pretty much the whole movie, but he's not even there. Like, yeah. he doesn't serve any purpose until at the end, uh, powers ex machina. Right. Which, honestly, they must have hired somebody else for the the CGI for the final fight. It looks pretty good. Because I really like the way Johnny Storm looks with all the powers. I agree. And I think the most fucked up part about that is that he's not a big Rocky boy all the time, even though he has the Ben Grimm powers. Just his fists. It's very convenient. maybe keep that. Maybe keep that and let Ben go about his life as a human being. Yeah. You selfish bastard. (laughs) Yeah, they don't really do him any favors in that department, do they? So let me ask you this. 
Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, boy. 100. Go ahead. 28. 37. Oh. Speaking of that, see Clerks 3 started filming? I did. It's very exciting. Super exciting. Audience score is 51%. That's too high. Best part of this movie is that it is only 92 minutes long. That is true. Roger Ebert. He saw the first one, and he gave it one star with the headline Fantastic Flame Out, and that was enough for him to not see the second one. You know what? Good on him. He's smarter than us. Folks did see the second one. Our Scott Brown from Entertainment Weekly, he said, if you swept the cosmic dust off the superhero boom into a flimsy dustpan, you'd have the Fantastic Four franchise. (laughs) Nailed it. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone said, it's not egregiously awful like the first film. Just plain awful in that formula way that kills your spear and all hope for summer movies. Yeah, that, uh, again, nailed it. And David Fear from Time Out said, The performances are plywooded, the cornball visual gags are groan-worthy, and Tim's story still can't direct his way out of a sack with a map. Wow. I could not have said that better. So let's go to the Tim stories on Letterboxd. <laughs> all right. And see what they have to say about this. Let's see. As you know... We're kind of fridging the Amazon reviews. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> mostly because Letterboxd is just so damn fun. And they don't have any customer service issues or anything to deal with. Exactly. There's no scratch it's discs or anything like that. It's all about the movie. It's all about the movie. I so do miss get... Amazon guy, though. I do, too. And maybe it'll pop up again. <laughs> it's got to be a real specific movie for him to pop up. That's true. Mostly MCU. Yeah. The first one I have on Letterboxd is from July 15th, 2020. Two-star review. They said, sadly not cinema, sadly did not come. Sad face. <laughs> did he get the come rocks being off? C-U-M. Yeah. They, they went there. All right. With it. Which makes me think, had they come, at least a four star. Right? Yeah, not a five, but at least a, five, a four. But four, for sure. From April 15th, 2018, not gay enough. <laughs> what? I don't know. You didn't hear that. Wasn't uh, gay enough for him. Fair, I guess. There's a lot, you know, I think everybody in the movie's straight, actually, so. Because Tim's story wouldn't have any other way. <laughs> From May 30th, 2017, two stars for Captain Raymond Holt, minus one star for lack of Jake Peralta. Nine-nine. Nine-nine. <laughs> From May 9th, 2021, Reed Richards' My Little Meow Meow. <laughs> is that it? That's the whole That's thing? That's it. I love it. Reed Richards' My Little Meow Meow. This is... The kind of stuff you find on Letterboxd. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I want to like just go back to that person's reviews and be like, you have a type. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like, I need Welsh actors doing American accents. Oh, God! <laughs> it is cinema, and I did make it there. I did fit it. <laughs> His name is spelled how? Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, from December 10th, 2020. I'm sick of pretending these aren't fuckable films. <laughs> They're not. So it makes sense of that. They're not fuckable films. It's like, what are you talking Are you talking about, like, you're angry that it's now, like, streaming and there's not a physical thing with a hole in the center? <laughs> or Maybe. what's happening on screen isn't, fu- I, don't, I don't understand. I actually need elaboration, and I feel dirty for thinking I that. I need a follow-up. Uh-huh. From May 5th, 2019. The moment when they stop the entire climax to point out that the Fantastic Car is a Dodge is peak cinema. It sure is. So it it's... did get to full cinema. It made it. <laughs> peak cinema. Hemi. 
Oh, yeah, it's got a Hemi. That puts it on them for not finishing in the first review. It's true. All they had to do was wait till that Hemi scene. That's it. <laughs> and the last one I have is from July 20th, 2021. Chris Evans looking extra submissive and breedable here. <laughs> so somebody wants to pin Chris Evans down. <laughs> and recently so. And broom him. <laughs> Willem Dafoe would be proud. Oh, boy. Can we please give this thing a super stuff score? I mean... Pretty, 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 please. Yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> the sooner we can get through this, the better. Oh, goody. <laughs> Story motivation. It's the rise of the Silver Surfer, and does he? Uh, he rises to the occasion at the end <laughs> of the movie. Despite him being all for... I got a planet for you to gobble up, big cloud man. I like that his name is in the title, and they play coy with him until halfway into the movie. <laughs> well, they treat it like it would be almost like a kick-ass type character. Yeah. Of like, that's the name of the character. Fine, let's see how he gets his origin or whatever. Here, it's the Rise of the Silver Surfer. We know who this character is, and you are just not delivering on your promise that he's going to rise. We're going we're gonna to make you wait 40 minutes into the movie before you even see that it's a man. Yep. That's absolutely true. I'm going to go 0.25 because this thing manages 0.25, to yeah. set up. There's a Galactus about to eat there's this a thing. Galactus. You need to make him not eat this thing. Exactly. That is. And they stopped it. The bare bones of a story. Heroes. Terrible. These They're people all terrible. are all awful people. Every single one. I mean, Sue not, but she's also not written well. So, And also, she has that blonde hair and the blue eyes Ugh. of this thing. And it is distracting. It's extremely distracting. I understand that the chemicals did things to her hair in the last movie, and she was like, wig. And honestly, the wig is not as offensive as the colored contacts. I agree. They are so mean to Ben Grimm in this movie specifically. They are. And it's, it's, what's even more sad about that is I feel like in this movie, he doesn't even care. He's just like, yep, that's how life is. Now I'm the big rock guy in the butt <laughs> of all the jokes. I don't care for it at all. I really, really don't. And I they're the at odds the entire movie. But they're not. There's like two separate teams, and one team doesn't even know that the other team knows about the plan to just stop. To not be and then a eventually team. they all get the out at the end by giving Johnny Storm all the powers, and then he gives them and back. Then he gives them back and for like, reasons I don't know why. Oh, good. Thanks for them back. I'm going to go zero. zero. They're terrible. It's zero. They're not good. Villains. Is it Doctor Doom? Is it Galactus? It's, um, yes. They're both incredibly obvious. They're very obvious. And. Also, neither one done well. Galactus, I think, is done... Here's the thing about Galactus. Motivation-wise, everything like that, Galactus is Galactus. He's going to eat some planets. That's what he's going to do. He wants to eat some planets. They're delicious. But they turned him into a fucking cloud. They sure did. And Doctor Doom gets defeated so easily. So easily. Okay, zero. Zero. I'm okay with it. I I feel feel like if you're a villain whose main enemies have four powers that you know very well... Maybe don't make the thing that you need to control the thing so uh, heat sensitive. Yep. They got a heat boy. They, they have a flame boy and you know this. You know this. Make it cold sensitive. Go the opposite way. Yeah. Make it real difficult. Zero for villains. Gotta go to teamwork. They didn't even save the day. They didn't. They had to, it was the Silver Surfer had to rise. The subtitle character saved the day. That's true. I'm going to go zero again. That's almost a negative for me. You think so? (laughs) The whole time there were two different teams not working in tandem. But even that, they had to give one person on their team all the powers of the day. So the others just watched, even though Ben Grimm found clothes, 
ran up That's into true. He took the a time. crane and then just slapped Doctor Doom off of the board and saved the day. So even the guy without with all the powers wasn't even the one who beat the secondary Correct. villain. Uh yeah, that's um I'll go zero. I'll, okay, zero. A generous zero. To spare them of negative points. You know, um, it, sometimes instead of... We, we switch back and forth between teamwork and parents. I like that they actually mentioned Johnny and Sue's parents in this movie at the wedding. One time. Where One they said, time. Our parents would be proud of you. Actually, I think he just said dad would be proud. So, so mom thinks you can Whoops. fuck right off. Well, Tim's story. Fair enough. Which leads us to our next category, female characters. I want to give her .25 for getting through this movie. Like, Jessica Alba had to work with an absolute dickhead director. She did. And got through. So. I want to reward Jessica Alba as a whole. But doesn't that also kind of give points to Tim's story by proxy? All right, so zero. Zero. Like I was trying to get to until you rudely interrupted me. Man, they don't treat any woman in this except Alicia Masters. Yeah, but every time they get close to, like, they flirt with it of, like, time to disrespect her. She's like, scene over, cut. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, pretty awful to women in this movie. That's Oh yeah. That's a zero. Well, this ought to be fun. Setting. It is everywhere and nowhere. That's the perfect way to say it, actually. They pretty much just told us where we are. By the way, this is the first ever Cape Podcasters episode where we started recording in Connecticut and Virginia. I'm in Michigan now. Brian's <laughs> in Louisiana. Also, whoop, look at that. I I'm now in Poland. And Brian is down under in Australia. Oh, yeah, Abe. We're just going to tell you where we are, and you just have to believe us. That's right. Because that's how this movie treats us with its setting. Exactly. Oh, I moved. I moved again. I'm in Ireland I moved again. Now, so. I'm in Northern Ireland. We're close. Oh, look at that. How about that? You just have to believe us, because Tim's story wants you to. Exactly. There was a subtitle, so you know it's true. I'm going to go with zero again. Well, here's the thing, though. We do know what year it took place because of the very specific Dodge Hemi commercial. There, that campaign ran for like a year or two. So they did a good job of, of pinning it into a certain time frame. No, it's a zero. It's perfect. <laughs> it got me worried there for a second. <laughs> Let's talk about style and tone. Two things that Tim Story's never heard of. I, you know what? I don't like any of the style or tone of this movie. I don't think it has any. I want to give 0.25 just for the Silver Surfer because I think they did a good job with him. I'll allow it. That that's that's where I'm at with this movie. It's like you know what, Full Sail did a good job on one part, and it was just it was just making Doug Jones shiny. <laughs> he doesn't need the help. He shines in everything he does. It's true. Point two five for making Doug Jones look cool. Done. Done. Uh, that brings us to music. I don't remember any of it. It was it was done by um, John Ottman, which is surprising to me. That is a little surprising, um, actually. What happened was, the only reason I know it was John Ottman, because we were starting the podcast, and I was like, oh, I usually know who did the music, so I had to look it up real quick, because I forgot there was music in the movie. Uh, zero, again. <laughs> That's a big fat zero. I feel like I'm saying this number a lot right now. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a bit. Um, one-liners. I, I have nothing for this one coming to mind. Yeah, there's... there's um. I got nothing, man. Again. Hemi. What? Get it. It's a zero. No. Zero. zero again. Jeez, this movie's not doing well, but it's also not so many points doing like negative bad, which is something. It's true. Um, last category is impact on the genre. It killed the franchise. Uh, negative 0.25. It killed the franchise, which is crazy to me because it didn't do that much worse than the first movie. 
it didn't do that much worse. This movie did cost $130 million to make. Opening weekend, it did 58, which is not great. Not great, but the first one only did 56. That's true. The gross in the U.S. was $131 million, so it made its money back. Yeah. Cumulative worldwide, it did 301. So not even really a hit when you look at it. No, no. It kind of broke even. But also, if you look at the first Fantastic Four movie, its budget was only $30 million less. And it only made thirty million more. It's a sixty million dollar swing, though. Sixty million dollar swing, but when you're talking about three in the three hundred millions, it's all right. Fair. I think this thing killed the franchise. Oh, it's I, Marvel's I, first family, and it just embarrassed. Yeah, them. they were set to do a third movie and a Silver Surfer movie, and they're like, "Nope, it did way too bad in the box office." Even though it did it the same as the first one, we're we're done. We're killing it. <laughs> it was enough of an out for them. We're gonna reboot it, and surely it'll do better in the future. I'm willing to settle for a zero, to not be mean. I think we'll give it a zero, because, yeah, nope. (laughs) It did nothing. That is going to give Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer a total score of... Too high. Whatever you say is too high. 0.5. It actually was too high. I thought it was going to be 0.25. Ah, it's 0.5. How about that? (laughs) Good job. It's deserved. Story and style. It's completely deserved. Yeah. I mean, this whole movie, I've been making Letter Kenny tug your balls jokes the whole time and realistically this thing is furta (laughs) that's the way that tim story directed it absolutely so this movie managed to completely embarrass marvel's first family to the point that they pulled the plug on them completely it's a shame it is and i do hope that they are capable of doing the fantastic four the right way in the near future in 2015 when they try again all right so in the (laughs) further future then if that's the case no you're right i agree um there's, you know, I have I have my hopes, but I also kind of have my reservations because it hasn't been done well yet. It hasn't, but John Watts is a good director. It's true. And when you hand him the keys to something, he's going to run with it. I mean, it's got to take something for him to go, no, I think I'm good on Spider-Man. I'll do this instead. That's a good point. So. Especially, well, I, a lot of people don't like his Spider-Man all that much, which is interesting. I find that fascinating because I love his Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm just curious to see where he goes with Fantastic Four when it's his turn. Yeah. And we're going to find out sooner rather than later. That's true. But what we're going to find out right now is what are we talking about next week? Next week. We're going to stop talking about all this Marvel nonsense. We're going to talk about some DC stuff. We're going to talk about something that's not old. We're gonna talk about it's something not even out yet, technically, as of this recording. Spanking new. We're going to talk about The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. When this episode releases, it had come out just days ago on HBO Max or in theaters. Yeah. I'm going to recommend seeing it on the big screen no matter what for this one, just because that's what James Gunn has been telling everybody. Yeah, I will have had seen it in IMAX. I will have seen it in the Fortress on the big screen. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it absolutely is. The reviews for this movie are already out, and I think saying rave reviews is still somehow like undercutting it. Yeah, somehow not giving cred. Yeah. Which is, so, especially when you consider the last time a Suicide Squad movie came out, how it was received. Okay, we're not going to do this again. <laughs> I'm just, I understand I saw it years later, but I liked it. I'm damn. just saying by the general public, it yeah. was not well received. And this no, one so far has been. So Well, it's because they got a guy on it who is well respected, James Gunn, who yeah. did Guardians, who knows how to do the goof-em-ups. Yeah. And it's like he crossed the streams just a little bit. I feel like people are going to be a lot more welcome into it. Probably. James Gunn has also said very nice things about David Ayer and his version of the movie, too. So, And David Ayer has said a lot of nice things to J- about James Gunn and his version of the movie as well, and he was apparently a very big help to James Gunn. 
And we will get there. We will absolutely get there next week. Next week when we talk about the Suicide Squad. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Give us a a like and follow on our social media, at Cape Podcasters, on the Instagram, the Twitter, and the Facebook. On the Facebook, we always put up a a post saying, hey, got any questions? We're, We're recording tonight. So, did we get one of those today? I've been sprinkling them in throughout just because we got a bunch. Uh, I only have one more. Oh, okay. And it's an interesting one. It is from our listener, Vincent. Random fan, Vincent. He wrote in with a wed bed behead, but has a little bit of a twist here. Oh, more twisty than product placement? Phil Hawkins, speaking of product placement, added a fourth name. Oh, oh. What do you do? So I'm going to turn the tables a little bit here. It's going to be a wed bed behead and watch. So there's one person is going to be a witness to all three. I was more thinking of it as like a cuck situation, like they're sitting in the corner of the room watching you do the- Okay, so it's strictly- uh, More um, the bedding. It's a bed adjacent- Bed adjacent. Situation here. Yeah. So Vincent, random fan Vincent, he wants to know, Jessica Alba, Jessica Beale, Jessica Simpson, and Phil threw in Jessica Walter. Oh, no. <laughs> so since I read them, I won't answer them. So Brian, go ahead. Uh... Walk down this tightrope. Okay, well, let's see. Jessica Walter. She'd watch. As, Are you kidding? As lovely and, and talented as she is, she's already dead. So <laughs> it kind of makes it easy. I mean, I don't know what you're into. So does it? I'm going to behead Jessica Walter. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to be very upset about it the entire time. Very fair. So you're stuck with Jessica Alba, Jessica Beale, Jessica Simpson. One to bed, one to watch, one to wed. I'm wedding Jessica Beal. Probably the right move, actually. I'm I'm betting Alba and and yeah. Jessica Simpson's gonna be in the corner. And Simpson's gonna watch. Watch it all happen. Yeah. Okay. I would have flipped the last two. Okay. Because I'm all Albert out. I want nothing to do with her. She that's, can watch if she wants. That's fair. But I'm Albert out after these last two weeks. <laughs> well, next week we get Idris Alba, which is not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing at all. <laughs> Vincent, thank you so much for your question. Ah, uh, yes. I hope Brian has made you proud. <laughs> I hope I answered it correctly. In addition to sending us messages on Facebook or, or, or commenting on our posts when we put them up there, you can also send emails to katepodcasters at gmail.com, and I have two. First one comes to us from Jeff Miners. Hey, Jeff! He says, hello, fellow capies. I like the hello, fellow. It's way better than whatever Dave Novak says. Ahoy, hoy. We'll get there. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> he said, love the Sin City episode, but when you guys order your Disco Bruce, you'll need to clarify you want Disco Bruce Willis. You might end up with Disco Bruce Jenner or a Disco Bruce Lee. Personally, I would order the Disco Bruce Campbell. Keep up the good work. Glad to hear you guys are back to true form. I want a Disco Bruce Campbell so badly. A Disco Bruce Campbell. Does that just mean we covered in gravy? No, it would just mean that you poke bigger holes in like the chin area. Right. And as he spins around with the light inside of him, like you're going to get a lot of cool effects that you're just not going to get with a disco Bruce Willis. That's true. Because he's just very bald and round. <laughs> Which is probably more appropriate for a disco. Not as much fun. Not as much fun. That's true. And I feel like a disco Bruce Lee is just going to spin way too fast. <laughs> for some reason, I just have that feeling. Yeah, it seems like. <laughs> it's going it's to be way too athletic. I think I would go with a, a disco Bruce Valanche. Okay. <laughs> if you must. I don't know. I was just trying to think of another Bruce. Fair enough. <laughs> could have 
Disco Bruce Springsteen also. Oh, yeah. Well, no, because I'm going to want him playing while the Disco Bruce is spinning. I like it. It's just like a Bruce club. Yeah. Bruce's only. (laughs) I'm a big fan of that. Disco Bruce Wayne. What? We'll put it into Australia, because that's how Monty Python would want that joke. Hello, Bruce. Hello, (laughs) Bruce. Thank you for that, Jeff. Uh, Our second email comes to us from the Ginger Skull. Sure. We were all having such a good time. We were having fun, and he wanted to put a stop to that. He says, Ahoy, hoy, Kate podcasters, and the bestest friends in the whole wide world. Aw. <laughs> Don't get suckered in. To answer Don't your, do it. To answer your query, which you so desperately wished answered from your Sin City episode. I'm so nervous as to which one he went with. Anal Truck Entrance, production note, Brian, please make sure to read that aloud in all caps was a death metal band from Finland that was popular in the late 90s and early aughts. They were featured... Is that real? I have no idea. They were featured on the big 2003 to tour. No, it's not real. <laughs> Along with <laughs> Black Sheep Rectal Fissure, a popular Finnish death metal band. Toad Cum, a popular Finnish death metal band. Blood Spitting Fungus Killers, a popular Finnish death metal band. And the Hospital Bombers. The best death metal band out of <laughs> out of Denton, but also a popular Finnish death metal band. I believe the tour was headlined by Weezer. I would imagine that's completely true. A popular yes. Finnish death metal band. <laughs> Anal Chuck Entrance eventually broke up in 2005 due to a copyright issue stemming from some farm in Connecticut. Don't Google it. Hatefully yours, the Ginger Skull. P.S. Pistachio, the main character of The Master of Disguise, is supposed to be 25 years old. He was played by Dana Carvey, who was 47 years old at the time. (laughs) (laughs) That was an actual Ginger Skull trivia fact. That is unbelievable, and I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm actually crying. Um, Don't let Dave know that sometimes he's actually funny. Don't do it. That's just what he wants. Oh, thank you for your email. Uh, yeah, send your emails to kpodcasters at gmail.com. We love reading them. We absolutely do. You can also join us on our Patreon, where every month we're putting out some super exclusive stuff. This month we're talking about the 46th anniversary of Jaws. <laughs> Dave's big old whoopsie daisy. <laughs> it's a fun one. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a There's lot of fun. With kids episode. getting eaten. Naturally. girls getting eaten. There's dogs getting eaten. It's a blast. Everything's getting eaten. Everything. It's almost like there's a shark in the water, and you could survive it by not going on the water. Dun dun. <laughs> and since we're here, I'm going I'm to tell them, next month, we're going to be talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So We absolutely will. That's going to be your September pick. Stay tuned for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun, too. I can't wait for that one. That was a fantastic pick from you. So stay tuned to our Patreon and join us over there if you're not already there, because, man, you're missing out. We've openly called the people who are our patrons our favorites. It's true. We've openly told them on the Patreon that everyone who's not a patron is not our favorite. So now you know where you stand. Yeah. So which side of history do you want to be on? Favorite or not favorite? Favorite side or not favorite? (laughs) But you also should join Patreon because in October, 100% of everything that comes in on Patreon, you could subscribe for as little as $1 a month. It's going to be donated to the Extra Life Foundation. That's so true. it's all going to a very, 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 very good place. So you should join Patreon, if not to listen to our stupid voices another time in a month, to give to a good cause. Exactly. 
Brian, do you have anything else? That's it for me. It's usually the part where I say fantastic, but I'm not in the mood for a pun. (laughs) So we're going to see you next week for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Same pod time. Same pod, flame off. We'll be right back.